Don't you wish you were a Superman? Take off to the sky. Or don't you wish you were a Superman? Against oppression we rise. Or don't you wish you were a Superman? Say you love them before they die. Within our soul, live a Superman. Within our souls to survive. Do chaotic times Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming to you live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the cool geek time, you know. Coming to you live in effect. This is the Cool Geek Tribunal, and my name is Hass, the comic book snob. And to my right is Chester Hero. Yes, sir. We back, full effect. Yeah. Always, right? It's uh, always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love full effect. Wrap it up. All day, all night. Cups up. Hey. Yes, indeed. So, as you guys could all see, we have a lot of things on the table here. So, we're going to cover a lot of things. Of course, we're going to start off with WandaVision because there's a lot to unpack in there. Get the luggage out. Oh, dude, the luggage is heavy. Hell, man, it's just like so much to carry, so much to unload. It's just WandaVision. And yeah, there's a big thing going on right now. Yes, sir. Yes, big sir. Big things going on right now. And it's the hot thing to see right now, I believe, like for those pandemic moments where you want to catch up on some good quality television. And it's new and it's current. So let's definitely, definitely, we're going to touch on that. We Absolutely. Also, we also wanted to touch on some Thundercats here because they're on the loose and Thundercats are loose, man. It's yeah, they're on dope. the move, too. Dude, man, I think that was the line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I had a snot moment there, man. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. But yeah, we're going to touch on a couple of things. But um, so we're going into what's happening presently. We're going to guess what's happening in the future. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, some actual comic news, you know what I'm saying? DC Future State, which is a huge thing also happening right now. So we're going to bring it all to you, you know, but we definitely want to reach back into the past and um, touch on Thundercats. Thundercats ho. Ho! Yes, indeed. Sort of omens. Give me sight beyond sight. Exactly. But setting it off with the new news always, right? Speaking of sight beyond sight, I think Vision is starting to be able to see. Dude. The veil of Wanda has been lifted. Yeah, man. So now he, Vision is on his uh, they live moment. Mm-hmm. Can you see who has eyes to see, right? Dude, I feel like um, the Buster Rhymes song, if you really want to party with me, put on your hands so my eyes can see. Absolutely. Yo. Absolutely. Because, I mean, I feel like, okay, Vision is, is, is in that stage right now where things are starting to be revealed. Right. And in uh, one episode, we have Vision being in the office and really not understanding why certain messages are being sent through this antiquated version of a computer. And what does it mean? And especially when he touches people. Right. And, it, and it's almost like he wakes them up to the actual reality rather than the Wanda Vision reality. Like, what you think? I think that. Um he's his powers of you know he he's like zapping them you know hitting them with some electronic pulses that's going on mm-hmm. right so because you know you got a lot of electricity going through the brain through the body and he's shocking them kind of like when they put the you know the stuff on the 
on the chest. Defibrillators. Yeah, yeah. the defibrillators and, and shocking them back in, waking them up. So um, it's cool that, you know, even though he's really dead, he has some of his powers and he can actually bring others back to life, you know, mm-hmm. um, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But um, what... As, as cool as that is, and the story is definitely moving and unfolding, I'm finding it to be very interesting how um, Wanda is in full sissy spacek mode. She's straight <laughs> Carrie right now. She's looking like her. Mm-hmm. She's um, like moving like her, like on mm-hmm. some, you know, the way she broke on uh, Monica Rambeau, mm-hmm. like, you better get out of here, like, you know, on some. Carrie, they're gonna laugh at you, dude, right? Dude. Like she's straight creepy right now. Mm-hmm. So, and this is after the blood was spilled. Oh, crazy! Wow, you all right, bro? Yo, yo, that's what happens when you start talking that creepy stuff. That's what I'm saying. You <laughs> <laughs> put the chaos, chaos hex on it or what? Yo, you all yo, right, bro? Shout out to Wanda Scarlet Witch, and <laughs> shout out to um, Captain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's our what's our girl now? Um, oh man, oh, man. The, the villain in it. Yes, Agatha. Agatha. Hotness. Yes, mm-hmm. Agatha's mad that we didn't shout her out first, dude. Be easy, <laughs> easy, easy, easy. Relax, right? Are you okay, man? I'm good. Oh, I'm man. absolutely good. <laughs> you got some lying old like powers on wearing that shirt, be because <laughs> I don't want nothing to happen to you, man. <laughs> Thundercats. Oh, oh no. <laughs> right. So we're going to put this right here. Oh, man. So for, for you, all those who are not looking at this podcast, uh, we have a nice display of Marvel-like pictures. And, and DC. And DC. I'm sorry about that. That's true. Mm-hmm. And uh, one hit my co-host over here, and 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 we we make it <laughs> hop an off the wall, dude. And 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 it's it, jumped up and bit me. Yo, man, I mean, you got the bite mark still, dude. I think so. I feel oh, it. Damn, man, where's the stretch? I'm stretch it out. We need an antibiotic, man. Stretch it out, right? <laughs> yo. Nah, yo, I I dodged that like Quicksilver, dude. Shout out for Quick Healing Factor, Chain. Cups up always. <laughs> Show must go on. Cups up, paintings down. Like it is what it is, right? It is. It is. So, so uh, back to the show, <laughs> right? <laughs> Agnes, take it easy on us. We did say your name already three times now. Okay, man, Bloody Mary is. I mean, yo, kind of crazy, right? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so Agnes, Agatha. Hackness. Yeah, she's been revealed. Dude. And the thing is, is that she's an old school Marvel character, man. And and she's like one of the old school Marvel characters that focused on sorcery. Because you really never see a witch necessarily in the truest sense of the Salem witch trials up in the Marvel Universe. But at the same time, we see in more of an infiltration of and combination of mutants, people born with certain abilities. Right. You know what I'm saying? And those who have been given abilities or augmented abilities. So given abilities would be Captain America, augmented would be like Iron Man kind of, you know? Yeah. So like this is an interesting spin on it to me, but I'm wondering this one thing, bro. How is it that 
Agatha has been on the scene and for as long as Scarlet Witch has had her powers, don't one witch sense the other? Like they're chaos magic, you know? I would think so. You know, I say real recognize real. Right. But um, it's good that you brought up some, you know, some cool things about um, Agatha. How do you pronounce the last name? Uh, Harkness. Harkness, right. Mm-hmm. Um, Giving a little backstory on it, right? So essentially, like in a comic book, she was kind of like a throwaway character that's getting some shine now, finally. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really what she did was initially... She was like a babysitter to Reed and Sue's kid, Franklin, right? Richards. And <clears throat> she, um, as you said, was like had her own little witch's coven. She's just this old lady, and she's just kind of been around. Um, she got a little bit of shine in the mid-'80s during the um, Vision and Wanda, Vision and Scarlet, which comic book, the limited series run. I think it was the second iteration of it. Mm-hmm. So she got a little bit of shine with that for a while. And then she died. And then sometime later, she came back within the comic book. And now she's really getting some shine on the WandaVision show. That's so that's basically like a quick little rundown mm-hmm. for those that may not know her from the source material. Mm-hmm. And now she is the chief protagonist, at least from what we can tell so far in the series. And um, real quick, let's check out who was, who's that actress that's, um, that's playing. I can't remember the lady's name, but I think she's doing a, a really good, good job. job. Yeah. She's, um. Because her smile is something else. Oh, it's crooked and it's wicked, but it's cool like that. And though. she got that witch's laugh down pat. Oh, she definitely is good on the cackle, man. <laughs> <laughs> but she, I recognize her from a Saturday Night Live. And she's also been on a lot of different things. So she's been in, like, comedy things and uh, dramatic things. And I think she has a good balance of it all because she's bringing a lot to the role. Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. That's her name. Yes, yes. She's good. And the the crazy thing is, like, I'm looking up her powers, right? Uh, Agatha uh, Harkness's powers. Right. Yo, she, sorcery is her main thing, man. Illusions, teleportation, astral projections, telepathy, levitation, spells, like, she has a familiar, which is her cat. Usually, like, the witches have a cat and a black cat. And, and that's she, why she killed the dog. That's what I'm saying, yo. Like, <laughs> yo, I'm going to take out my natural enemy. And that's you. Right. Fido. And I mean, come on. Kill Dodo. Dog. Yo, for real. Why do that, though? Yep. And it was, it's kind of um, it's kind of crazy. So she's kind of along the same lines as, like, a Doctor Strange. Like, she draws her powers from some, uh, I think it was Eternity. Mm-hmm. Right, like you know, so um, shout out to the Living Tribunal too, mm. right? <laughs> but um, Tribunal, mm-hmm. but right, um, right, right, right. there we go. Not the three, but the two. We only have to do that. Okay? There we go. <laughs> but um, yeah, Hawkness. So she gets her power from Eternity or whatever. And I think uh, Doctor Strange he draws his powers from some other beings or whatever out there too, and everything mm-hmm. or whatever. But she's like on a much lower scale. Then he is. I guess that's why she just, you know, she's just babysitting for a while and then she disappeared <laughs> when the when the kid grew up. Dude. You know, so I guess, you know, isn't that what she she went directly to the twins when they were little mm-hmm. in episode five. Mm-hmm. 
in her Peggy Bundy outfit, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. With the you leotard. Know, with the mm-hmm. leotard, mm-hmm. rocking the mm-hmm. babies to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. But she also, we see why she disappeared for some time, mm-hmm. because what did she do right after that? She went to go get the baby some liquor, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> she went to the liquor cabinet for the kids. Yeah, this will put you to sleep. <laughs> exactly. Yo. And that witch laugh, like I said, is on point. She is the epitome of not taking the red apple from the old lady. Yo, for real. But she just disguised it and dolled up the appearance of the old lady because she's like hundreds of years old. Like mm-hmm. and 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 to me it's interesting like where they go with this as far as like what what they what they touched on and and it was a a cool little fun thing was doing the monsters theme song when we finally revealed yeah, absolutely like who she is and and it was so fitting because she is a monster mm-hmm. she's like the behind the scenes like really being a puppeteer on this thing so when was her thinking like i feel like it was premeditated in order to even take it here because the time frame of when this happened was only a few weeks after Vision died where the body was scooped up from the sword from Hayward being the one in charge of it, interim director of sword, and this world being started. So it hasn't been so long, but yet Agatha Harkness like orchestrated manipulating Wanda to this extent, and Wanda not even being aware of it. So she has some ancient powers, but why even target her amidst... amidst the Infinity Gauntlet series or the Infinity War slash Endgame movie in the MMS, in, a, in the MSU having just been done. You like, know, you know what I'm saying. What I think it is is that from if you've ever watched, um, if you've ever watched Rosemary's Baby, mm-hmm. old school horror for your horror fans, right? Mm-hmm. Real horror thriller. Mm-hmm. So. The old couple from upstairs, especially the older lady, she was she was a witch and she would come down and she would um kind of prey on the being naive, the innocence and the loneliness of the neighbor downstairs. And when they were trying to slowly like um poison her to get to the point where she became sort of like a concubine for hmm. Satan. Right? Wow. That's crazy. So when you look at that, just because the nature of the show, they, you know, and Harkness's um, whole thing is about, you know, encouraging Wanda with all of her old school sitcoms, right? So going back to an old movie. Then when you also look at, um, at Harkness and the way that she's also um, tried to manipulate her, it seems that one of the one of the the key portals if you ever watched the annabelle series and those movies when did the demon the evil spirit ever come to people is when they were in a desperate moment if you saw annabelle creation mm-hmm. and the, the little girl dies the doll maker they have grief they want to you know have their child back they want them to come back so now you have there's a portal, there's a gateway. Let's pray on their loneliness. Let's pray on their vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So now there's an opening. There's mm-hmm. a potential, there's a higher potential for opening because if you're in a good place and you're in a good space, you're not depressed, you're not sad, chances are you're not like, what? I'm not dealing with all that extra stuff unless mm-hmm. you're just, a, you know, I guess, a morbid person. That's your thing. But, you know, for the most part, that's usually where it is. So it's, that's probably they sensed 
when um not only when she like they alluded to in this last episode in episode seven that she didn't just see and what Quicksilver told her who she thinks is Quicksilver where he told her in episode six your dead husband can't die twice and then also the fact that she not only um as um uh what's the girl that uh that's riding with vision uh Darcy Darcy Mm -hmm. as she is explaining vision's whole life back to him Mm -hmm. She didn't just have to witness him dying at the hands of Thanos. She also had to kill him. So within like two minutes, she saw the love of her life die twice. So her grief and her agony is definitely going to, you know, be prey to, you know, somebody like Agatha. And and pushing you across the edge. And now now that you're saying that, it kind of makes sense because... She wasn't a very emotionally vulnerable place. Exactly. And maybe like So now she's susceptible to all sorts of chicanery. Right. And 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 almost even to take it to the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. when um Grogu reached out the force. And the force is almost like an understanding of a manipulation of one's abilities that is in the air around them, right? Right. So every time Master Yoda and all of the Jedi talk about the dark side, they say emotion leads to, to, to the dark side of the force, like pain, evil, all of those things are triggers to take you down a dark path of a rabbit hole, essentially, that is essentially hard to come out of. Absolutely. And even in that um, The Last Jedi movie, or the second to last one, where Rey was um, learning how to use the force and they showed like a hole that had... Sp- um, vines and things coming out of it and that was the dark side and you're right. supposed to be able to see both but it's where you focus on that they believe steers your nature your true nature and 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 bringing it back to the um to wandavision i feel like like to your point she was able to hone in on that yeah hone yep. in on her vulnerability absolutely take advantage of it like her, her, like you said, seeing the love of your life die in moments of each other, like almost a five minute tick. Yeah. That's heavy duty. And she, she snapped. Yeah. Cause she had, remember in infinity war, she had to kill him so that way he wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to get to the mind stone. Mm-hmm. And then he just reversed time and then killed him again in front of her and she screaming and everything. So it was just, it's, it's just a lot. It's just too much to handle. So and now she's being preyed upon by those that deal from the left-hand side of power. And, and also, too, it could be that um, two things. One, they they are preying on that evil that, I don't know, maybe could be there. And, and <laughs> this could be the opening of the rumored involvement of Mephisto. Because if Agatha is a witch and she's truly practicing the dark arts and she's been around as her character for hundreds of years, she's been in cahoots with all the other purveyors of evil for the earth, uh, the, the earthly realm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And, oh, I wanted to also touch on and I wanted to get your thoughts on Monica Rambeau and her evolution with this story. I'm loving the fact that she's finally coming into her own, like, uh, her powers. Because mm-hmm. um, it's going to be exciting to see her, which I'm anticipating. I don't think they're going to call her Captain Marvel. They're just going to go straight full time with her, mm-hmm. you know. 
And that's dope. That's a dope name. Like, you know, if you know anything about photon, x-rays, the electromagnetic spectrum, you know, mm-hmm. microwaves, gamma rays, gamma rays, all of it, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, she she's going to be super duper powerful. And is she going to be so powerful that they just use her for a little bit and then she gets pushed to the side? Or is she going to be so powerful that they have to put her character to the forefront and hopefully one day have her own movie? I, that's a good question, and and I think they're gonna do. I don't know if they're gonna have a a movie from her only because we gotta see like her her fan base, you know. Like so far, I think it's exciting to see her like that. But at the same time, like I think she's she's been a, a captain, Captain um, Rambo. So right, like she also goes by a bunch of different names, including Photon and Spectrum and and uh, Captain. So like it's gonna be and Captain Marvel she even went by so yeah it's gonna be interesting to see which name she picks but the definitely the evolution of her abilities and how going in and out of the hex which transforms or transmutates objects right from the current period to the period in question at the time of that episode in the hex it's interesting to see that her molecules are like, you know, the changes are going on on a molecular level with her. Right. And, and that she's a strong black woman that I feel they are developing and building her character. So she can actually stay around a little longer being the director, you know, that yes. gives and, and sword. They, they bring it in sword. Like they did aim in the past, like they did Hydra. So it's almost like we're getting enough exposure to this new entity, this new body so we can understand what their involvement is, just like Star Labs, like all of these agencies and all of these people that are working for them to bring out some kind of like understanding of extra normal activity. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> it's it's going to be, you know, huge. And I hope that they continue to uh, focus on her character. But so far, the seven episodes in, mm-hmm. um, what's been your geekiest moment Mm -hmm. out of this series so far i'm pretty sure we're a little bit halfway past the you know through the um first season Mm -hmm. probably what maybe another two three episodes to go probably probably Mm -hmm. which geeked you out the most okay what got you the most hype that's a good question because i mean this this episode this series has a lot of people hype Mm -hmm. a lot of people geeking so what got you so the idea of knowing that Monica Rambeau becomes a superhero, seeing Pietro, and also knowing that Ag- Agnes is Agnes Harkness. I, like, I knew it only because of the name. And I'm like, hmm, she keeps getting involved. And I noticed that at a point in their ultra, uh, their introduction theme song, right, where it looks like some kind of time period of a TV show that we know and love or whatever. So I noticed that she wasn't in the opening credits, but then two episodes ago, she started appearing in it. And I think it was the episode, the boys were born where she came over in the leotards and said, I could babysit them and stuff. Oh God, you're a handful. You're not, you're a handful, but you're a lifesaver. And she said in the episode nine too, when she took the boys to the house and we didn't see them again. Right. Especially when one of the boys who eventually gets her, their mom's power i think it's billy i'm not sure tommy he ev- develops his mom's ability and he said in the beginning i keep hearing sounds but for agnes he doesn't hear anything 
Right. And I was like, really? That's interesting. And 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 it made me think, well, what are the sounds that he's normally hearing? Like, what does it represent that this clearly evil person with supernatural powers, Agnes, she doesn't have this sound or this voice that's inside of her. And 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 you know, it, it makes you wonder what his abilities are because his brothers are clearly like the uncles, Pietro for super speed. Right. His name is uh Wiccan and um what was the other boy's name? Billy and Tommy or no? Yeah, that that was their names like in the show, but in the comic book. Mm, mm-hmm. Um I remember one of their names was uh let's see. I'm gonna get it. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm thinking like I remember there was a short run of the boys in the comic book. And it, I remember it was the old school. I think era. he just called himself Speed. And I think the other one was Wiccan. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wiccan and Speed. Hey. <clears throat> you know? I think, um, yeah. <laughs> they could have got a little creative with the names. But, hey, it's an alternate reality. So, everything is nuts anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Going Crazy. Yep. So, um how about that pill for going crazy called Nexus in there with the commercial? Yeah, yeah, that was dope. Dude, uh, <laughs> yo, I was looking at, like, some of the side effects. <laughs> some of the side effects, what did they say? Um, included, but wasn't limited to feeling your feelings, confronting your truth, seizing your destiny, and possibly more depression. <laughs> That's crazy. Out of control. It sounds like some of them, <laughs> them commercials... <laughs> You know, right? But um, yo man, for me, mm-hmm. so many moments to geek out on, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would probably have to say all my my biggest geek moments had to do with um Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. Number one, she opens the door. I'm like, into the mutants. Mm-hmm. It's on, mm-hmm. right? I was like, yo, they just. So now you see, I guess for that feeling is why. Disney paid like $75 billion to own Fox (laughs) just to give you that feeling Mm -hmm. of when you felt like, yo, the mutants are here. We finally got them. The transition is here because to me, that was the one, one of the few things that another studio outside of that had Marvel properties outside of the MCU actually got right above the mcu Mm -hmm. their version of quicksilver that kid was he's funny he's on point you know the way he uses the powers everything he he was perfect Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then when he comes back for the halloween episode which was episode six Mm -hmm. and now he's um in the actual quicksilver you know uniform it was a throwback to all of their yeah perfect way that's why marvel wins the mcu wins they they just know how to do it they have the charm they get it they Mm -hmm. respect the fan base they respect the source material and they they brought it back to where it should be and you don't got to stay there but at least don't act like you're ashamed of it and you know that that's that was really a cool moment. So I was like, "Oh, look at that!" And then when Vision came through with you know looking exactly like the comic book, mm-hmm. and the same for um, Wanda, Wanda you know, looking like Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, it's it's dope, you know. And if you don't read the book, you know that's on you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You missed out, and you don't really get it. 
So, you you know, as good as you may think the show is, it's even better than what you thought. And it sucks to be you when you don't get it. Word. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note. Just, we were, just geeking. Just yeah, we just geeking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, on that note, let's switch gears real quick. Mm -hmm. And let's get into this uh, DC future state. What's happening with that? Yeah. Big, big so, things going on with that. Dude, I love, I love the understanding of this because like. Future State is supposed to be where all of the characters are basically going to be, like, moving forward in time. So, from the DC website, it says, The Future State is a two-month extravaganza that, that reveals what lays in store for the world's greatest heroes. So, they're spinning out of the finale of Dark Nights and the Death Metal. The DC Future State will take you on a journey from the near future to the end of time. To witness the destinies of heroes like Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, the Justice League, Teen Titans, and so much more. So there's like, things going to change. But what's going to change? Well, for starters, the big three, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, will tackle unexpected new roles even as younger heroes take their places. Some will find themselves in a new and hostile territory and others we'll see the heroic missions turned upside down, man. So, like, I know for one of the Wonder Womans, there's a Wonder Woman Immortal, it's called. And that basically talks about Wonder Woman being immortal and living to the end of time and what stories lie in there. Okay, so, mm -hmm. hold on, let me, let me catch up to you. Talk to me. We had the new 52. Mm-hmm. And from what I, you know, the way I took it, you know, getting into those books, it was DC's version of like when Marvel did the Ultimates in 2000. But this happened in 2011, right? So this is DC kind of rebooting and giving, you know, a little bit of edge to their characters. Mm -hmm. Certain romances, Superman, Wonder Woman, I mean, yeah, Superman, Wonder Woman, Superman, you know, no red underwear, and you know so you know he got on his big boy pants now it's all blue mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what i'm saying no red drawers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um we also have um some cool costumes you know mm -hmm. batman whatever but it seems like new 52 didn't really catch on people weren't really really feeling it right mm -hmm. so we got that and then after that we go into dc rebirth Right. So now this is kind of harkening back to what people were comfortable with and the heroes, the way they always kind of knew them, but giving them, but still bringing them more into reality and what's going on and what's happening right now. And um, just just making them a little bit more contemporary. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now we have DC Future State. Or is this a third reboot or is this just something that's going to affect the continuity or is this its own isolated thing? What's happening with, with this just to get some perspective? So, so to get some perspective, like all of those other iterations of changes that happened in the DC universe, it started with uh, rebirth, like you said, and then it did the new 52 or actually it was a new 52 and then rebirth. Right. And basically a lot of those storylines were big storylines like Flashpoint. And we all know that Flashpoint was Barry going in time to save his mom, but as a result, it made a ripple effect. And, and that's what set off the, the new 52. Right. Right. All right. So, I'm with you. So basically, 
the the rebirth the rebirth was just like okay we, we're trying to still kind of change a few things but it, it was also an attempt to try to like solidify and streamline things but then they did it all over again and and the precipice for doing that was from what they said the dc uh dark knight's metal storyline Mm, okay. And so the Dark Knight sto- uh, metal storyline opened up a can of worms that was going to have a, a ripple effect in the DC universe. Because from that, it talked about the source um, from the um, the totality, which was just a small piece of the source wall. But at the same time, that opened the door to the source wall, which is an ancient wall in the edge of the universe and Perpetua. She's supposed to be the mother of the universe. Mm, okay. And from there, then you got uh, Lex Luthor, Apex Predator, that was in cahoots with Perpetua to try to take over the universe. Right. And then out of nowhere, from the, the Dark Knight Metal series comes the Batman Who Laughs. And basically, the Batman Who Laughs became a god himself, okay, from basically starting in an alternate universe where that alternate universe is Batman killed the Joker and the Joker had a toxin where anyone who killed him was going to become the next Joker. Having the understanding that someone who's going to become the next Joker, but the person who did it being Batman, merging those two kind of personalities together created this dark, evil, hyper evil version of a Batman. And it came to a point where he got on a cosmic level and then the Justice League wanted to try to battle him and they were losing because he also recruited more people with his metal, the metal infected Supergirl, the metal infected Shazam. And all of those former friends became foes. Mm, and, okay. And so it was like Apex Luthor versus the Batman who laughs and Apex Luthor lost. And he also did not stay in cahoots with Perpetua because the Batman who laughs is also one of the smartest minds as a detective and also deviously clever as a Joker. And he got the drop on Apex Lex Luthor. So then he became a god. He battled Perpetua. And it was a battle. And, and it was really epic. But what came out of that was an understanding of what the future was going to hold. And it's, it's, it's just been like one incredible story after another. So... The future of the DC universe and future state talks about the legacies, basically, of our most beloved favorite characters and groups, including the Suicide Squad. Mm, okay. And I mean, they're basically a ragtag group of villains that do good things only because they're threatened by Amanda Waller. You know what I'm saying? So it's interesting how the future state franchise is following wonder woman in the future superman and it's uh, about five years into the future right different stories and different characters have different um periods of progression into the future so like wonder woman may be i'm not sure the exact date but it'll be somewhat in the future where it's only one generation so like the, there's a wonder woman superman book and that superman in that title he is, I believe, Connor Kent, because Jonathan Kent is still in the future. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you right. about Jonathan. Jonathan Kent, right. he, he agreed to join the Legion of Superheroes that took him into the future by like 6,000 years. So, mm-hmm. so all right. Or 3,000. Mm-hmm. 
So with all of these different reboots and iterations and everything going on and all of these different stories leading into different stories and more stories, we're not going to... Is it going to be any difficulty with following story? Where should people start? Or can you just kind of hop in and not really worry about continuity issues with DC Future State right now? Like, you know, it's just totally separate from the other things that was going on and it doesn't affect, like, the main universe or is this just giving you something that's going to tie into that well i think it's a good question i think personally that like the bigger groups like the legion of superheroes takes place in the future anyway so right that's already understood how they're gonna turn that they're just gonna introduce probably older versions of those future characters when they were young and teenagers just like when jonathan kid joined them they were all kind of like teenagers, like late teens, early 20s. So right. that'll be probably a good 50 years from that future moving forward. Mm, okay. Now there's a Wonder Woman Immortal that goes, I think, 36,000 years in the future. Like they showed the timeline in one of the, uh, in one of these preview issues. And it was amazing how different titles for stories like the Green Lantern Corpse. That is a storyline of no one having a ring anymore. Mm. but they're still the Green Lantern Corps because of the core value system that they have. Right. You know? Hoorah, like the army. So you have um, the Batman. They have the next Batman, and then they have a dark detective Batman. Mm, okay. And one of them, Batman is a black brother. Drops wow. Mike. Okay. Yo. All right. Batman is a brother, and that's like the big reveal. Mm. And... The thing is, with all of these titles, they're really only issuing like maybe one or two issues of almost every storyline of your favorite character or favorite team in the DC universe, showing the future state of them. So for Flash, the future state of Flash shows him with no speed, yet he's trying to do something. He has a motivating factor, but speed isn't a part of the storyline for him in that future. So from what I understand, um, Dan Dito... You familiar with him? He was a uh, ex-publisher at DC. Mm -hmm. He apparently wanted to kind of delve into all of this at a certain point. And I guess they weren't really with it or seeing the vision at that time or whatever. So now that they're kind of doing it, it's like, I don't know if, you know, we're feeling with that or whatever, but there seems to be sort of a um, like a Kevin Feige kind of element to where, you know, he wanted to do this shared universe with all of the Marvel characters at a certain point. And I guess it was Fox universal, Sony or whatever. They couldn't all like, you know, get with it. And then when he, when Disney hopped in and he started working under them, he was able to use whatever characters they had and then, you know, see his vision come to fruition as we witness it now. So, you know, sometimes you got to take a chance. Sometimes you got to take a shot because now this uh, DC future state, if that really was like, you know, his his baby's idea or something that he was, you know, working on, it, it's popping. You know, it's, it's happening right now when people in it. So, you know, if you missed it, grab the graphic novels. If you, you know, got it, you know, read them, enjoy them, you know, and if you can get your hands on it, try to scoop them. Because they they seem to be hot. I tried to get a couple off the shelves in the um comic book shop, and it was a wrap. Really, it was a wrap. So, yeah. Hmm. 
So I gotta go, you know, try to find like some long box somewhere to, um, <laughs> you know, in some store that might have mm-hmm. some issues or whatever. Because I always like to collect. I'm not really into the graphic novels unless mm-hmm. I really have to. Mm-hmm. But you know, I would definitely um, recommend it because it seems interesting. It seems like DC kind of found a swag with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think part of that swag that they found that is making it work is to show like a new look for things and. One of the new looks that um, we want to dis- display right now for you guys is the new look for Wonder Woman. Now, this new Amazonian has more like uh, mo- multicultural features. So yes. her, her skin is a little tan, so she has a little bit more melanin. Yeah, her hair is definitely long, wavy, and healthy, and it's dark. And she almost has like a, a Latin slash african-american kind of feel to her so she's her look is a little ambiguous where you don't know where to go with it but it's definitely something even more attractive like she has fuller lips her eyes are just enchanting and i don't use the word enchanting like that i'm just saying well i think you might have to i think you might have to um (laughs) go in on uh when it's time for casting if they put in one of these shows or something on uh hbo max I'm just saying that's because you seem to know exactly what you like and (laughs) what you think will fit for this character. Oh boy. So definitely scoop that if you can. Mm -hmm. Now to the digging in the crates portion of the show, you know what I'm saying? 36 years since Thundercats first debuted back in uh, January, 1985. So we're a little bit late with the anniversary and I know, you know, um, it's a little bit of a odd thing to do. 36 year anniversary as opposed to the, you know, it's odd to use that even number, right? But we're going to do it anyway. It's you know odd to saying? use that even. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's all good. So 1985, Thundercast debuts. Mm-hmm. It's like America's first time seeing anything like anime on TV on a regular basis. The um, animation is dope. It's it's happening. It's um the colors, the the fluidity of the way they move, the song, the 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 theme song, everything it gets you hype, got you hyped even to this day. Mm-hmm. Right? So what are Thundercats? So I feel like Thundercats came from a planet called Thundera. Feline people. Feline people. Feline humanoids. Yeah. It's like hybrids. Hybrids. And they have like, you know, like they have claws and they have two legs and two arms, but they have like feline features as well. And they have a unique understanding of like their, their hierarchy. Like when their leader of their tribe holds up a sword and calls out for them, maybe in a moment of weakness or just to do a roll call, like, where you at? Like, come to me. Like, their eyes glow. Like, it's amazing how there's a mystical connection with that sword, the type, the lion that comes up on it for all of the Thundercats to see, and their devotion, their leadership, that they they they, they ride or die for Lionel. I, I think that's amazing. Absolutely. Um, they all took on the traits of you know cats that are common to be you got your domestic cats which i'm assuming were wally kit and wally cat <laughs> right <laughs> you had or were they bobcats mm-hmm. um it's hard to tell they had the spots tell. though right spots right mm-hmm. yeah chitara of course she's a cheetah you got panthro who was voiced by a very cool fun fact um 
What's my man name? Uh, let me get it. Let me get it. It almost sounds like Vin Rames in some ways, man. Yeah, Earl think? Hyman, who was the oh, voice, man. who was the, the grandfather on the Cosby show. That's right. That's right. Yep. That's right. So him. And then you got um, Larry Kenny, who was the voice of Lionel. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, you got Panthro, Chitara, Lionel, Tigra. Tigra. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So Lionel. Mm-hmm. He's the leader of the Thundercats. Right? The lion, right? So he's king of the jungle, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing with, with Lionel was he was very childlike, right? So when they left Thundera, because that's the planet where they originate from, mm-hmm. they come down and he's still like a child in a young adult's body. Mm-hmm. So how is he fit to lead? Where did, like, is he just a leader by default or is he like, you know, they, do they have to listen to him or is it that, you know, they can pull rank on him because they're older and he hasn't earned it yet, which leads into one of my favorite episodes. I, I feel like, like you said, like when he left on he was a, a teenager kind of like a right. child, the same age as Wiley Kid and Wiley Cat, but right. yet he came out of the, the, the hyperbolic time chamber or sleep or whatever and it broke on its way so that's why like his age was kind of retarded a little bit like he was able to (laughs) yeah like you know what i'm saying i mean like because he was like full-grown body but he had like the he was actually kind of younger and mentally Mm -hmm. than wally kit and wally cat because he had but, only the child's experience right but wasn't he giving them like bedtime or something something (laughs) it's just crazy right so, <laughs> you're shutting it down, right? I mean, and it's like to me, certain people have certain roles, and 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 Panthro was definitely like that. I don't know. He had that commanding dad-like voice, you know, right? Uh, Jaga, who who <clears throat> passed away on the journey there, mm-hmm. he's like your grandfather, right? And then Panthro is like your dad. I don't know, like Tigro. Tigro is like. The technician or the 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 I don't know your conscience. I don't know. Was he like that eighty show my two dads? Something like that, right? He was just like, "Hey, I'm Tiger." So, hey, how, how you doing? And then she tired was like your mother figure. Was she really? She just seemed like she was, she just, was just like a lady. Just a lady that yeah. just was there. I mean, she, I guess she could have been a cool aunt. She, she big that's sister, true, right? Yeah, the she was sister. more like the big sister because she wasn't like on that responsibility tip. She was just like. I'm here, and oh, you want me to run fast? Okay, I'm gonna run fast. And it was funny when she used to go into those trances. Oh yeah, yeah. but I mean, just as a kid watching it, right? The way it looked, mm-hmm. the music, the way it got you into it, the depth of the show, um, the good nature of it, even the the comedy relief and snarf, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> snarf. Yes. <laughs> Yo, that, that to me, uh, um, snarf reminds me of Orko from He Man. Yeah. He is your comic relief person. Absolutely. It is almost like a banana that always is there for him to fall on. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, there was really no purpose in him being there. Snarf, snarf. To say that? (laughs) You're like, um, (laughs) oh, man. He's like uh, one of them furries. Like, that should just remind me of one of them. Wait, Lionel's a fairy? No, no which is called Snarf. Like, just like one of them animals, one of them, them people that's into that whole type of thing, they would dress up as. Yeah, yeah. Right? 
Oh God! Just ruining your childhood, right? Like grown ass men being in tight suits trying to be like fairies, man. Everything is wrong. Out of man. control, right? Yo, speaking of weird outfits, I I believe you have something very interesting about your childhood in the Thundercats in oh, the live show. Absolutely. So I had the pleasure of 1987 <laughs> as a young young boy, seven years old, going to see um. Thundercats live in a, Madison Square Garden. That was a great year. Oh, man. It was the best. Right? Tell us about it, though. So, <laughs> go there, and this show was like, you you really was like, yo, I'm, I'm with the Thundercats right now. And you even had Gumby. <laughs> Gumby showed up. Right? I mean, can you imagine the hairstyles back then? So, you thought the flat top was what it was, right? Picture Thanos, I mean Thanos, um, <laughs> Lionos, you know what I'm saying? His hairstyle, standing next to Gumby with his hairstyle, with my man had the slide, you know, the, the slanted flat top. Just think of Bobby Brown standing next to Lionel, yo. Or Kid from Kid and Play. <laughs> or Kid and Play, that's what they was looking like. <laughs> Animated version of Kid and Play. <laughs> Yo, imagine lying oh, over there had the cornrows. But anyway. I was waiting for the Saw the Ormonds to dance, yo, in the yo, play. <laughs> yo, it was it was wild. But just to be in there as a little kid, and that was the time, the, mm. the way the show gave all kids from that time that feel. Mm-hmm. You got the sword, you're in the audience, you're putting your sword up. Mm-hmm. Everybody's Thundercat. Oh, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, I think it lit up. The sword might have lit up, if it, I remember correctly. It had lit up. But, oh my God. you know, it was just it was just a cool thing. The only thing about that really wasn't cool was Panthro's head. Now, I don't know why they shaped that brother's head like that because he was a brother. He was a brother. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why they shaped his head like that. And that. so if, you are, if you're able mm. to, you know, Google any old images or whatever, maybe we'd be able to, you know, get an image up there for y'all so y'all can see. But... Right. Yeah, it was it was a really great time. It was a great show. Nineteen eighty seven. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of good movies coming out. So back then it was Thundercats and Flowers in the Attic, if you know about that. <laughs> so from one extreme to the next, but it was just the eighties. You know, great time for movies, right? All day, dude. Right. All day. And Mumra, the ancient Egyptian coming out of out of Kemet. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Ancient forces of evil. Ancient forces of evil. Transformed this decayed form to Mung Ra, the ever living. <laughs> yes. So him, he got the mutants setting it off. He can't take a look at his own reflection because mm-hmm. he's that ugly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's just looking crazy. And yeah. shout out to your characters, the Burbles. Yeah. <laughs> Robear Burble. There you man. go. Yeah. That's dope, yo. I love the name Burbles. And they lived where? In Burbear Bill or Ville or something like that. Nah, that was his name. Bur- Bur- oh, that Bur- was his name. Yeah, the Burble <laughs> Village. It's almost like a Smurf Village. But the comics were really good too. So that's why we put them out here. So mm-hmm. that way y'all can um check it you know out. check it out if you can find any of these issues. They got like some older ones from you know a long time back in the 80s because DC had picked them up for a while. They had crossovers mm-hmm. with Superman, um, there was sometimes they actually you see Lionel and He Man together. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you had uh, what, what was it? They had? 
It was another comic book company that had picked them up. I think it was a TC Comics or Star. Um, no, it was Star Comics, and you had the Marvel in UK. So they kind of made their, you know, a few publications, you know, picked them up and told their stories, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, you know. It was just, you know, it was just a fun time, you know, that just kind of stayed with us. So we definitely, you know, wanted to pay homage to it. And um, I believe Hulu is running, you know, is, is showing it, you know. I think you're right. Yeah, I think Hulu definitely still has it running. There was some extra Thundercats, too, that came along in the mm-hmm. second season. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I found interesting was that, Okay, so the movie was called Thundercats Ho. It was like a five-part series to set off the new, the second season. Mm-hmm. But unlike um, Ninja Turtles or um, Transformers, the 1986 movie, the Transformers, mm. that went into theaters, they never put Thundercats in theaters. And for some reason, I think they've always flirted or tried to get the idea, but they could never get it right. Mm-hmm. To put it out there, even He Man had a live action movie in 1987. Mm-hmm. Shout out to 87, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Get at least he's fresh if y'all know about that. Nah, all right. Well, anyway, wow, yeah, that was you know, an uptown thing. That's the crates, man. You pulling out the crates, right? So, now. just the digging in the crates portion of the show, <laughs> but um, but basically, that's that's what it was, and that was the time. So, you know, we had to pull it out for y'all. We got figurines here still boxed up thundercats you know lion um mega scale action figures you know so we got it all for you and um definitely you know if you grew up on it you know what we're talking about if you didn't you know unfortunately you missed it it was a great time and we're going to you know keep bringing y'all more stuff from the past that you know definitely has a place in the future and uh it never gets old it's all classic it's all cool. It's all geeky. All gravy. It's all good. Uh-huh. So I'm Chester Hero. This is the Comic Snob. Shout out. Peace. Like, subscribe. Holler at us. we see you next time. Cups up. All day. All day. 100. Yeah. yeah. Peace. Later. Yeah. out. <laughs>